Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast, The Wire Remix, Season 4, Episode 5, Alliances. Uh, this episode was directed by David Platt. It ranked 26th all-time by Vulture. And of course, the epigraph by one Chris Partlow, if you with us, you with us. Um, the themes we have, uh, I would say, corner kids versus uh, stoop kids. So that was that was that was a theme that I looked at. As uh, we'll we'll flush that out and discuss that yeah, over, like course, that over the course of the episode. Corner kids versus versus stoop kids. Opening scene, we have our speaking of kids. We have uh, Michael, Randy, Name, and Kennard, along with, uh, of course, Donut and uh, Mikey, Rand- Mikey, Randy, Kennard, Name, and uh, Dookie as well, uh, discru- discussing the uh, killings that uh, Chris Partlow is particular is people are doing in terms of walking people up into vacants, and as kids tend to do. A guy like Chris becomes a bit of a like a mythical type figure of uh, you know a boogeyman, so to speak. So you know, half the kids are like, you know, he's this guy that's making bodies disappear. The other the other half of the kids basically don't know, and that, you know that seems to always be the case. You have you'll have somebody in the group that makes up these wild stories and gets everybody you know trying to believe these stories. And then you have a couple kids that just don't quite know or are on the fence in terms of believing this. And then you have uh, then you have one kid that is basically says this is you know this is bullshit. You know, uh, I don't believe any. I don't believe either one of y'all. So you kind of had that going on with this opening scene. As the funny part about this scene, so they're in a dark alley. They hear gunshots, and they're able to Michael able to tell the caliber of the gun. Yet. When a glass is broken, they get scared to death of a crackhead walking up, up uh, walking, coming out of the dark, and they scatter like roaches. So that is how the uh, scene opened. That's how the, uh, the episode opened. Uh, what were your thoughts? Yeah, it's a cool opening scene. I mean, it gives you, it gives you again. It's like it's like a movie, uh, and so it gives you that kind of like a. It gives you what like the personality the interaction between the boys just them so that's fun to see and then the second thing that you get is just kind of like this this movie um aspect of it and then also it's a statement on the environment so to your point like everything that you mentioned was horrible gunshots going off people stepping on on crack vials and then a crackhead like you know like all that stuff like all that is is a horrible environment and so that's what they're saying that's what the show's speaking to and on top of it it's dark at night like there's no no curfew for middle schoolers like these kids are out by themselves uh seemingly late at night so i don't know exactly what time it was or what month or you know, it seemingly was you know, so that that gives you a sense as well of uh you know some of their uh backgrounds and what they're dealing with. Um now we move on to uh Valchek Cartetti and uh 
and Norman and uh, Norman Wilson, who of course is Carcetti's Carcetti's camp, campaign manager, Balchek, who uh, seemingly knows, you know, always, always runs into a piece of information that he uses to his to his advantage. Seemingly, uh, let's Carcetti knows. Let's Carcetti know that Norris, of course, the, the the veteran cop, was taken off the Braddock case, and that Kima, who uh, and the rookie, was being put on. Um, he gives his information to Carcetti, and um, of course, you know about what, what game Valtek is playing. You know, Gap Valtek is uh, is going to use this. Is trying to carry favor with Carcetti just in case down the road he may need a favor or two. Uh, so he gives him that information. Norman and Carcetti initially doesn't know how to play. You know, what seemingly is a, a winning hand. Uh, so Norman, his campaign manager, advises that he that um, he give the information to uh, Tony Gray. That Tony Gray can cipher more votes from Royce, and that there is no blowback on Carcetti. Now, Carcetti initially didn't want any part of it as far as him him you know speaking out because he to his point he said it would seem like more the same um uh like just more the same in terms of like how he's been coming at coming at Royce through the debates and, and what have you so they decide on um they decide to go the route the Tony Gray route so uh this episode I could I could also I just thought about another thing too uh, advice from assistants. So the assistants, lieutenants, the assistants in in the drug world as well as the political world was winning. Were, were winning in this particular episode. You see Norman give Carcetti wise advice, and we'll see later on the Marlowe, uh, Chris Partlow's in terms of uh, advice in terms of dealing with the situation. So, what were your thoughts on uh, on this particular on this scene? Consigliere. Consigliere. Yes. Everybody, everybody, everybody has a consigliere. Everybody has everybody has something that's gonna do. Uh real, I'm I'm no, don't don't give Carcetti a pass. Homeboy is his snitch. Period. Point blank. It's his snitch. Oh, well, I'm saying it's definitely, Balchek yeah, is yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. No, that's his guy. No, that's Balchek his, that's his guy. There. Yeah, that's his guy. Yeah, I know. No, 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 yeah, no, no, no. Balchek is there on orders from Carcetti yep. to get that information. Yes. Yes, Gar- no. doesn't care about that when it's good to everything like that. He's getting that information for him. But of course, yes, this is we have we have established that this is a um, scratch my back. I'll scratch yours. Right. right. That's why I was trying. Uh, I was trying. You know, world. Sorry. Yep. World. Yep. And so they are both taking advantage of each other, but do not let Carcetti off the hook. He oh, is no. very this- much intentionally putting pieces in place to ensure that he is the mayor, which is not the democratic process. No. But it is because that's what politics looks like. So that's what I'm saying. Like all of this is all of this is normalized in this world. But again, like I always say, the wire wants you to question that. They don't want you just to go with the flow of what's happening. They want you to question that. So yes, it is the political system. Yes, it is um, how things work but the question is why does it work that why does it work this way does it have to work this way and is there any other better way in order to make this in order to make things like this uh happen or in order to make a better system so we go to uh daniels marimo and perlman they are of course discussing the wiretaps um perlman is annoyed because um 
Marimo wants to jump out on Marlo with these street rips. And both Daniels and Perlman are both have both been around the block, and they both are smart enough to know that these that this is not going to work. That's not this is not going to work. Um, and they and they they both see the current state of the major crimes unit as you know Marimo to uh, you know to what we discussed in prior episodes is doing exactly what he was in place put in place to do. So he's gonna go through Marlowe, not go, he's gonna go try to attack Marlowe through street rips, hoping that you know Marlowe is in the room with uh, dope on the table, which we dope on the table, which we know and which Daniels know will not be the case for somebody of that uh of, of Marlowe's thoughts here. Um Pearlman is annoyed because not only because of uh because of Marimo, but she's also annoyed because she she realizes that she knows that Marimo is a result of what Lester did in terms of the subpoenas. So that that's part of her uh, that's part of her frustration as well. Uh, what were your thoughts? On, what were your thought, thought on this quick scene? Shut up. You got a bunk in Freeman. Uh, so they're in the medical examiner's office looking for uh, extra bodies in regards to where Marlo uh, is putting the bodies. Oh, they're, still, they're going to be on that, you know, for throughout the course of this episode. Um, they were asking the medical examiner in terms of uh, has he been receiving uh, any uh, abnormal use, not abnormal, but uh, any extra, any extra bodies outside outside the norm. And uh, you know, they get, they run into a basically they they run into uh, they get no information in terms of that of nothing that could help them. Uh, as they hit a wall uh, in regards to that, uh, what were your thoughts? Uh, set up. We get to the class. We go to Prez and his class. Um, so Prez decides to kind of change things up in terms of he, he's now going the route of, and we you know we've seen this in education, of course, of incentives. So he, so he's going to. Uh, Allow students are going to be allowed to earn stickers for doing work and what have you. He also sets up a a you know in his his way of a discipline system where he's giving out detention for uh, giving out detention if work is if work is not done. So Prez trying to make some hay uh, with the, you know with his classroom, trying to get his classroom in order. Uh, what were your thoughts? Um, it's, it's set up, but it's, it's the setup of showing us there's, there's a reason why we need to see what Carcetti looks like now. So that's as much as I go into it. Set up. You mean Prez. What, who'd I say? Carcetti? Yeah, Prez. Sorry. Um, we go, speaking of Carcetti, we go to Carcetti. No, not Carcetti. We go to uh, Colvin and the academic Peretti, and of course Grace, uh, Miss Sampson, uh, the teacher. They're discussing uh, the program, and Colvin comes up with the idea, basically saying that we need to uh, we need to identify, uh, separate the corner kids from the stoop kids, and uh, identify. And you know, basically, this is a callback to. Uh, I feel this is a callback to uh, Amsterdam in regards to what this, you know, in regards to separating, taking the uh, corner kids out of um, out of the classroom. And they, well, before they even get to that point, in terms of uh, doing that, Colvin 
comes up with the idea of saying we need to step, we need to establish a different who are the corner kids and who are stoop kids. Uh, so, so from that standpoint, and he asked, and Samson basically, Samson basically says they will, uh, you know, they, they will show up. You will, you will see the difference. It won't take a lot to see the difference between those uh, two types of kids. Uh, so she's on board with uh, his idea. Uh, what were your thoughts? Yeah, uh, a very, very simple classification. And they needed to keep it simple because the show is talking to the audience now. They're not talking to people who know what the hell this is all about. Um, and so um, and so to your point, there's a callback to Hamsterdam. And the overarching issue is, all right, do we want to actually solve problems or just talk flowery language about it and put more of the same on these institutions. In particular, this is talk, we're talking about education right now, but then also we've been talking about the police department, also we've been talking about big poli the political system. And so all these are huge, 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 huge systems with big, uh, complicated, uh, uh, big complicated, or complicated questions and therefore the answers will be complicated. And so the solutions of both Hamsterdam and in this aren't the best solutions, but what Coven represents is somebody who's trying to do something. Yes. He doesn't, especially in this season with education, he doesn't have the, uh, the experience to do this in particularly, but at least he's trying something. Um, and so it's like, all right, if this isn't a good idea, well, then what is a good idea? What what can somebody come up with? How do you get your hands dirty? How do you get into the work? That's what the show is, is asking us with these scenes. So we go to, we go to Prez, Prez back, in, uh, back working with his class, with the classroom. So he he's trying to make a connection with Michael, um, trying to make a connection with Michael. Michael uh, was kind of despondent um, and really not and really not responding to uh, Prez. Um, so Prez, you know, Prez is saying, you know, "I know you can do the work." Uh, and Michael's Michael's work, uh, Michael's paper is uh, empty, no work being done. Um, so. Prez uh, trying to make a connection with Michael at the you know, and it's not working. Um, then he sees, then he sees, then the uh, some of the students get disrupted, not disrupted, but get distracted as the vice principal was uh, shaking bushes. Naaman recognizes that his blade uh, drops out of the bush, um, and then Prez uh, makes a makes a couple of rookie mistakes in regards to how he dealt with the situation. So he he is right. I mean right next to Naaman um, to the point where he follows Naaman back to his desk and then finally Naaman responds and they get into a uh, they get into a, 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 a argument and this leads to Naaman being uh, this leads to Naaman uh, him giving Naaman uh, detention uh, what were your thoughts on this thing? Uh, it's showing I mean set up showing all the boys personalities so we go to Marlo and Chris. Um, so Marlo and Chris are discussing uh, the fallout, of course, from uh, Marlo being robbed by Omar. 
So, and me, you know, of course, Marlo wants revenge on Omar and went and was willing to go the similar route that Avon Barksdale took at, uh, at going after Marlo, putting a bounty on him. Chris, Chris decides to go, in, wants to go in a different direction, says, you know, you know, Barksdale just looked weak when he was uh, tearing up the town, uh, looking uh, up the town and looking for a, uh, in terms of looking for Omar. And uh, Marlo, uh, he tells Marlo, you know, we'll go at we'll go at him another way, but we don't put no. And basically says we don't go, we don't, uh, you know, we don't say anything as of right now. We're just going, you know, think of a plan, think of the plan, think of the direction that we're going to go in, and not put word to the street about any bounties, uh, any bounties on Marlo. So, you know, there was a time where, you know, seemingly long time a while ago that Avon and Stringer had this similar kind of connection when they were actually on the same page. So you see that with Marlo and Chris. You see Marlo, Marlo's respect for Chris, despite the fact that Marlo is clearly the one in charge, he respects uh, Chris's knowledge and respects Chris's uh, strategy in regards to um, doing business. Uh, what were your thoughts on this? Yeah, you named it. Shut up. So we go to Sherrod. We go to Sherrod Bubbles and a new character which will who will play a vital role in this season as a you know as a as, as one as a big character. He, he's gonna be a major player moving forward. So Sherrod uh is on the corner, he's out of school, and Bubbles, you know, just had you know was looking for him, he finds him, tries to get him off the corner. And a another dope fiend comes up and asks, you know, asks for four dollars, and then he proceeds to like uh, put his hands on Bubbles. He beats up Bubbles and uh, takes a vial out of Bubbles' shoe and says, "I don't need the four now." So he beats, you know, punches Bubbles in the nose. Bubbles is bleeding. Bubbles, you know, is around a bunch of people. You know, embarrassed around a bunch of people. Sherard, of course. Gerard doesn't do anything. Uh, this guy, you know, this guy was a bigger, you know, he's a big dude, a bigger, a bigger guy, a taller guy, so taller guy. Um, you see bubbles. You see the first of many interactions that's going to come between this guy and bubbles. Um, what were your thoughts on the team? Uh, I, it's set up, and that's probably the only thing I can say. Yeah, it's. it's uh, major. I mean, like, all of this is building towards something. Like, like I don't even want to give the hint that you gave. All this is building towards something. But it's going to be very, very hard to talk about it along the way. Yes. Yeah. No, it, it's definitely a major setup. Uh, definitely keep your keep your eye on this uh, particular character. Um, yep. Bubba got beat up. Pay attention to the person who beat him up. Yep. Yep. Um, and also the fact that he... Uh, that uh, Sherrod is out of school and on the corner, uh, and on the corner. So keep your. I mind. mean, has Sherrod ever been in school and uh, off yeah. the corner? For about thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah, for thirty seconds. Yeah. So, so, anyways, I'm joking around, but that's that's kind of like his disposition. He's always out of school. Yeah, he's been out of school. Yeah, I, I mean, I know he's, he's never. He's never. He's never really, really was in school, but I don't think he was on the corner though. I think this is like his first. Yeah, he was. He was on the corner. 
like doing he's a corner boy. Okay. So we go. Yeah. Uh, we go to Royce. Uh, so Royce is in the bathroom. He's about you know. Royce is in the bathroom. He's about. He's going to try to change his look up. Uh, we can move on from that. We'll, we'll flush that out later. Then we go to as we. There were there were about three or four scenes where Royce. You saw Royce and Carcetti going back to back to back. You see Royce uh, worrying about his hour hour appearance. And you see Marchetti actually getting stuff done in terms of meeting with the public. And then it wraps up with Royce getting complimented by his chief of staff on his new clean-cut look as far as shaving his mustache and beard. And his chief of staff basically says, you're going to surprise him like you did in 98. In 98. Uh, so I, I was assuming he was referring to a, early, to a prior election that Royce won. But Carcetti uh, is the one that's actually meeting with people, talking with different bases, black, white. And like I said, Royce just was shaving. Uh, what were your thoughts on this, on this sequence of uh, scenes? Yeah, yeah. It is the incumbent versus the, uh, the candidate. Um, and so, uh, or is that the right language? I can't. It's late. But it's the, it's the chase, the person chasing, pursuing. You know they, you know. I'll do the, I'll do the famous sports analogy. This, this sums it up. Um, uh, homeboy is Royce is the four-time champion. He's a four-time champion. Right. This is what he does. He wins chips. Um, and Carcetti is the up-and-coming team chasing him. And so the champion. However, you can basketball, football, boxing, baseball, whatever. The four-time champion is, you know, he'll, he'll turn the switch on when he needs to. Do the things that, that he, he used to do against those other people. But the problem with that is that, as we know, when you're the champion, you are the bullseye. And you not only have familiar foes coming after you, but you have these upstart young Young foes coming at you from out of out of a different out of a different direction. So um, you just got basic hunger of somebody who hasn't been there before. That's there, and then of course what they're also trying to show the difference between is that um, voice is content. Um, Carcetti is not, and so that is also in each in each and every one of the interactions. Royce doesn't really want anything to change because he is the status quo. Why would he want the status quo to change? Carcetti is not the status quo. He very much wants everything to change. And so that's, that's what you're seeing after it. Also, another great um, analogy I have in my mind is um, Great White Hype. If anybody hasn't seen that movie, go see that yeah, movie, I, I and then you'll understand what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Great White Hype. Uh, so Royce is um uh Marlon Wayne's character, not Marlon, Damon Wayne's character. Damon Wayne's character, yeah. 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 Watch the movie and then you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> In that analogy. I love that analogy. All right, go ahead. Sorry. I'm done. Yeah. yeah, Royce is going to, you know, going inside, going in his bag as far as, you know, like you said, going to things that he's worked that's worked for him in the past. And sure. Mm-hmm. You know, this, and, and why not? Dust off that why old not? playbook. Why not? 
You know, I you know what I just thought about. It. I, you can make a correlation between Royce, a direct correlation, and the similarities really between Royce and Avon Barksdale's character. Really, I mean, in terms of the old heads, the status quo, uh, not really willing to change with the times, uh, going to the keep, old keep on building that. Look at every in, look at every institution they brought up. Keep on building that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Look at everything they brought up. Keep on. I'm just saying, keep on building. Keep going with that. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, he. I definitely would think Carcetti definitely could be, and I've said this before. Carcetti definitely could be like a Marlo, somebody that is is this new wave of of, of type politician, not new wave type politician, but uh, mm-hmm. but somebody that you know. That's kind of going under the radar when he, sh- he probably shouldn't shouldn't be under the radar. And that, you know, yeah, he was a smaller yeah the smaller entity. Voice Voice got the money. Avon had the you know had the, had the name the Barksdale, the towers even before they fell all you know all that name recognition. So very you can really in terms of like the street versus the politics, uh, definitely like how they how that can be connected with those with 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 with, uh, with Avon. Avon, uh, Royce, Carcetti, Marlowe. Um, so Royce, again, Royce gets complimented by his chief of staff. Uh, you know, and you're a chief of staff, that's your job. You know, you're supposed to, yeah, you know, keep everything positive. Uh, you know, once you got, you know, once you're a candidate in, in a, with a certain, in a certain headspace. Um, so we move on to norm uh norman and uh tony gray so norman goes to meet tony gray he gives tony gray the information about of course the cop being taken off the case the bad case and tony gray of course sees doesn't see this coming but he tony gray finally gets uh, finally hit to what to what carcetti is trying to do as far as siphoning the points from royce um siphoning the points from royce and also realizing and also not also realizing that Carcetti wants to avoid any blowback, uh, so he recognizes that. And Norm and Norm Norman tells him, frankly, flat out, "Hey, you can't win, but if you play your cards right, you can maybe make a run as a legislator or a congressional spot." And that logic, of course, makes perfect sense because we, because Tony Gray, even even Tony Gray, probably in his heart of hearts, realized that he is not going to win. So he uh, he adheres to Norman's uh, advice from that standpoint. Uh, what were your thoughts on this scene? Yep, shut up. You named it. Uh, so we go to we go back to Prez uh, in the classroom. He's hoping kids for detention uh, for not doing work, also you know for uh, behavioral issues as well. Um, yeah, I the, I gotta speak. So he gives he gives the girl Zenobia he, she gets detention, right? For saying I don't want this pencil. Like, dude, you did take a pencil out your hair. Like, come on, man, you couldn't get like like that, that wasn't. I wouldn't want I wouldn't want a pencil out somebody's hair out somebody's hair either. So, but he she gets detention for that. Um, and then Naaman, um, so he so he holds the team he holds the class. For uh for detention for not for almost an hour not the entire hour, but the message the message somewhat somewhat gets through to the classroom uh, as he as he starts to uh, try to put his foot down. 
you see Naaman comes back into the classroom and apologizes for, uh, for cursing him out. And then you have him give Mike, he gives Mike detention, but uh, the kids tell him Dookie and uh, Randy, not Dookie, yes, Dookie and Randy tell, say that Mike can't make it um, because he's taking care of his little brother. And then you so you see Press not show much empathy as he responds, well, he needs to get somebody else to do that job for him. And the kids tell him, well, he can't because his mom is on, of course, is on drugs. And then you see him give uh, Duquan some uh, clothes and some toiletries as well. So a lot going on in this particular scene in regards to the kids, in regards to also Prez trying to find his way in terms of managing uh, his classroom. Yeah. Um, you know, like, again, it, the I can't say this enough. The adults don't matter. I'm just going to, I, I, I want to let that statement lead like that. The adults don't matter. This season is about the kids. Yeah. And so in that scenario, in that situation, um, what we are supposed to be looking at, what the camera focuses on, everything is her, her face and everything that she's going through. We know. And the reason why they're focusing on, on just for people who don't get it, know that the, what, all of that, none of that was about the pencil. No, the pencil didn't matter. No, None of that was about. No. The pencil. She, she has some issues. Um, and so, issues. but people who don't work with kids or who are interacting with kids, that like da da da, everything like that. Because remember, the wire's teaching as well as putting on the show, uh, as well as doing a show right here. This is not. This is an insight that a lot of people don't get a chance to see, so they don't know this world. So they have to build out everything for them. And so, in terms, in terms of like the reason why I'm saying that is. The camera lingering on her face and her actions For a reason, are yeah. the cue to the audience that this is like pay attention to her, right? Not the words that are coming in her mouth, her, yes, and her react. So anyway, so that's that's what was going. That's what was going on in that scene. So to your point, um, I, and I think the I think the the writers were trying to speak on that uh, with with to to um, name his words. So name it comes in and apologizes. And he says, and uh, Prez says, uh, I know you can do the work. And then Naaman says, you know, Naaman says, you know, sometimes the evil comes out of me when I, sometimes the evil comes out of me, uh, demons come out of me, whatever, when I, and I can't, and I just snap. That was, so he's describing himself, but the writers, I think the writers, are, they, the writers were also talking about Zenobia as well. So I think that I, I think when when name is describing himself, you can that that those those same words could be spoken upon in regards to uh, Zenobia and uh, and what's going on with her. And I think and I think probably and I, we don't know this for sure, but probably similar to Naaman, there definitely there has to be there more than likely some home issues uh, from that standpoint. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. There's no might about it. There's no might about it. Like. This is clearly what this show is talking. I mean, I have a lot to say. More, sorry, because um, I have to go after. Uh, hey, were you done? Keep going. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was done. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so there is, uh, so that that is the that's the base bottom line of this system. The reason why these kids are effed up is because the city is effed up, 
The schools are effed. I mean, the reason why the schools are effed up is because the kids are effed up. The reason why the kids are effed up is because the their home life is effed up. The home life is effed up because the city is effed up. That's the that's the line. That's the line. So yes, every child in here. I'm not saying every child, of course, has bad home life. But what they're what this show is trying to say with the children they're spotlighting is that there is a lot that is going on in this city. And it is impacting the kids great. And they're giving you specific examples of what that looks like. And so let me decode that statement, because you're right. That statement was about Zenobia, but that statement needs to be decoded a little bit further um, so that people don't misinterpret it. Because what I do not want to happen at all is for anybody to think that these kids, these actors, the portrayal of these kids is for anything to be demonized. Because the show's not trying to do that. And we damn sure aren't trying to do that. So I need to decode that. When she comes in and says, or when Naaman comes in and says, I got the evil inside of me, yes. and sometimes it just comes out, what that means is that there is an anger and a, and, and a what there's an anger and a rage that comes from institutional racism and poverty. That's what the show's trying to say. Yes. Period. Bottom line. That's what that demon is. And it's inside of all of us who experience it. Whether you live in Baltimore City Project, D.C. Project, New Orleans Project, L.A. Project, whether you live in um, uh, 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 Georgetown here, whatever, whatever way you want to describe that, those people who go through this have that demon inside of us. Us, I, me, Robert Sapp, have that demon inside of me. You have that demon inside of you because we have gone through that. Now, what maturity does is allow you to work with all of your foibles, all of the things that, that, are, that are there. Um, these kids don't have that chance yet because they're not, they haven't had the chance to completely and fully grow up and be realizing to their actualized self. But then again, the system isn't going to let them be their fully realized self, which is, again, also what the show is pointing out. All right, I'm done. No, no, no question about it. Um, uh, they, so we move on to, um, and also I, I mentioned that he gave, he gave Dookie some uh, clothes and toiletries. Uh, remember that for uh, later on in this episode. Um, we go to Prez. Uh, so Prez is walking out. He's having a uh, conversation with uh, Randy uh, and Dookie. And, you know, if you want to, uh, uh, I've, you know, spent last couple of episodes and we've, we've done, um, we've had scenes where Prez makes mistakes, was, has made rookie mistakes as, as we know, you know, as we know that, that was going to happen with the first year teacher. But now, now I have to give him some credit because he, as he's walking out with Naaman, not Naaman, with, um, with Randy and Dookie, he's, you know, he's, he's having a conversation with them talking about, you know, what they want to do in life and things. He's starting to build a relationship and make a, and build rapport with that. Also on top of the, on top of what he's doing for Dookie, uh, that shouldn't be ignored by any stretch of that, by any stretch either. Uh, so he's having a conversation with him about the NBA and NFL that, you know, and, and uh, Randy says, no, I want to own my own store. And Prez says, "Oh well, you're gonna need to, you're gonna need to do a lot of know a lot of math for that uh, to do that." And then uh, we see that uh, his car, his keys are of course locked inside his car, and they get a donut. 
uh, to uh, get Donut to get the keys from outside his car, to get the keys from inside his car. Uh, as the press was about to call, you know, about to call Triple A, but you know, they got to get Donut to take care of that. Uh, what was your thoughts on this scene? Yeah, go Donut. Yeah, Donut. <laughs> That's about that. Yeah, go Donut. Yeah, nah, Donut. That's my thoughts. Donut. Uh, yeah, no, set up, set up. This set up. It's no, about it's the kid's not. personality. Yeah, it's about in, the in, in this scene. Um, I mean, I think the most important part of it, uh, what you said, was just like. Uh, it's, it's, it's Randy saying, "I wanna, I wanna own my own store one day." Yes. Um. So we go back to Sherrod and Bubbles. So uh, Sherrod returns, returns to uh, home, returns home to Bubbles. Uh, at the end of the night, Bubbles is already in the bed. Um, Sherrod, uh, and Bubbles just flat out tells him, you know. The corners will use you up, and then you know, and said basically, you know, describes, talks about what what transpired earlier earlier in the day, uh, with him, uh, you know, getting beat up by the crackhead, and and basically says, you know, you can either go back to school or it's out the business. You can stay here for the night, for tonight, um, and then you see at the end of the scene, bubbles, you know, look, uh, you know. His dignity, I mean, obviously his pride and dignity has been hurt, but he also looks, you know, he looks kind of, I don't want to say despondent, but he looks, you know, looks to be full of shame at the, towards the latter part into the scene uh, in regards to what he's, what he's doing or what he's not doing for this kid. Uh, what were your thoughts? Yes. You named everything. There's nothing to add. So bubbles, um, yeah. So they, you know, so so we move on to we move on to Royce and his chief of staff. Um, they're in the, Royce is in a meeting, a strategy meeting. Then his chief of staff breaks in, you know, not breaks in, but interrupts the meeting to see that uh, that the news that Tony Gray is on the news that and Tony Gray. Uh, has exposed the information on him taking Norris or on or Burrell or, or people at Burrell, he taking Norris off the case. Uh, it's on all, all over the news. You see, they show the police are watching as well. Um, you see Greg's uh, be described, of course, as a rookie cop, rookie cop in homicide. And Norris, of course, knows he's the one that has the veteran cop that got taken off the case. So now, uh, you know, Royce, uh, now now Royce has some real issues in regards to what's going on with this. Uh, what were your thoughts on, on this thing? Set up. We go to Randy. Um, we go to Randy, naming Mike and Snoop, Snoop and Chris. So... Snoop and Chris come to talk to Mike, uh, talk to Michael. Originally, they were going to walk him. They wanted to walk with him. But the kids uh, give credit to Naaman. Thought, thought, we're thinking on their feet. They said, uh, we're thinking on their feet as they uh, called Chris and Snoop by name. Matter of fact, you heard you heard uh, Naaman say, uh, Snoop, uh, your sister's in my class. 
And it was all a strategy to keep Michael within, uh, to, to make sure that he didn't, that Michael did not walk with Snoop and Chris. And then Michael says, I'm good here. So Chris tells them to get out, to, to run along. They go around the corner. They go around the corner behind the, uh, behind the wall um, as, Chris is, uh, as Chris is trying to recruit Michael, uh, trying to recruit Michael into the, uh, the Stansfield uh, group or the Stansfield uh, organization. Um, and he says, basically, you know, I, you know, we take care of our peoples. I, you know, basically, basically he's giving him a, a number of compliments. And then Snoop interjects as Michael is not responding. And then uh, Chris checks, uh, checks Snoop, tells her to relax, tells her, you know, to, to kind of relax. And then you see uh, Chris gives Michael a wad of money. And, you know, basically, you know, now and now he is on, of course, Marlowe's. Oh, he's been on Marlowe's. Uh, Mar- he, he's been on Marlowe's radar. But now they're really putting the, putting the full court press as far as recruiting, as far as recruiting, uh, as far as recruiting him. Um, what were your thoughts on this scene? Shut up. So we go to we go to Royce and Burrell and Ross. Uh, Royce just completely rips Burrell about about taking Norris off the case. Uh, Burrell. Burrell's retort, of course, was you told me to slow it to slow down the case, which in, in which he was right. <laughs> you did tell him to slow down the case. Um he did say it. He, did. he eventually kicks he eventually puts Burrell out of his office and keeps uh keeps Ross. Now during the scene, it was something real subtle that uh that happened when they are discuss- talking to Royce, talking to Burrell. Rawls kind of shakes his head uh, as if he disagreed, you know, disagreed with what, what, what Royce was doing, what Burrell did. They noticed this, keep him, uh, and, and keep him as Royce, as Burrell walks out the office or gets put out the office. And then they, uh, <laughs> Burrell, Burrell attempts to make his, not Burrell, Rawls attempts, of course, to make his move. To try to get in good with Royce, uh, says that he, you know, says Urban Burrell's a good man, but I disagree with the decision. I want to do right by this police department if you give me the opportunity to. And Royce says, tells Ross, tells Ross to go fix this, and I won't forget it. So uh, we saw, we see Ross making his move, uh, trying attempting to make his move. Uh, what were your thoughts on this scene? Um, it is, I mean, like, like it's set up, of course. And they're, they're also, they're pointing out the, the part of, um, they're pointing out, uh, that, um, or they're showing how there are no longer voices losing his people. That's the way I say it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're, they're, this and what you McCall doesn't even know he's he's not in the in the loop, right? Yeah. Burrell doesn't even know he's not in the loop, right? Um, so we go to Chris Marlowe and Old Face Andre 
So Oface Andre comes up to where uh, Marlo stays or Marlo operates. Yeah. He um and they 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 tell him to give him instructions on how to uh, give him instructions on what on on setting up on setting up Omar. Um, and then uh, you have uh, then you have Chris saying that of course Pop Joe wants to wanted to meet with him again because he knows he knows who uh, you know he knows about the card game so uh, that Pop Joe had information had some information on the card game so you saw you saw that that that's in, that was in play but more importantly they uh, give Andre instructions in regards to setting up uh, uh, setting up Omar uh, what were your thoughts. Shut up. We go to Prez and Michael. So again, Prez tries to talk to Michael. Um, tries to reach Michael. Um, in regards to him not going to detention. Um, again, Michael is not responsive to uh, Prez at all. And then you see uh, Perez give Duquan uh, a sandwich and also money to uh, get a soda, uh, you know, get a soda. So you see him, and I, I think what this depicts is, yeah, he's not, making in, he's, not making, he's not making inroads with Michael, but he is gaining the trust of Duquan. So I think the overall point in this is that teachers cannot, a teacher, a teacher is not going to reach every student. What was your thoughts? Um, you guys think of what Michael, again, the teacher doesn't mean anything. It's about the boys. Right. And so you got to think about Michael's disposition. No yes. adult is getting to him. Right? Like, there's no, there's no way of what we know, what we think we know about, about where, where he's at. Um, and it's, I mean, it's set up, but it's given us um, windows into each of those. Michael's not interested in that, but Duquan is. And so I would flip that and say, a teacher, no, a teacher can't reach every child, but we need to pay attention to the ones who are reaching out to us. And that's what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. So we go to uh, Colvin, uh, the principal, the vice principal, Donnelly, and also Peretti, uh, who's working with Coleman. They start to round up. They start to think about, start to round up some of the kids who are going to be the corner kids. Uh, they uh, Donnelly recommends that they go, of course, to eighth grade kids, and that they narrow they narrow that number from. They were originally going to start with like forty, but they she she thought they should narrow that number to around ten. Of course, naming Bryce, his name comes up. She says he's the pick of the litter in terms of the corner kids. Um, and then you hear uh, Colvin you hear the principal. You hear the principal. The principal goes to bat for the program and says, um, "The principal goes to bat for the program." And then you hear Donnelly, the assistant principal, says, "He just, he just, you know, says that the principal was a good man and he just went, he just uh, went out on a limb for you in a system that normally will uh, will use a uh, chainsaw for that limb." Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Shut up. So we go to Freeman and Bunk. Uh, they are still looking for uh, bodies. Uh, they're in the woods. Uh, Freeman, of course, used to be in the in the service as a cadet. So 
he, you know, he's trying, he was describing uh, some kind of like some wartime strategy in terms of not looking for a lot of bodies at the same time, but, but one in particular. Uh, so he's discussing, he was discussing that. Uh, Bulk is frustrated uh, following Ralph Freeman with this uh, on the not so seemingly wild goose chase. Um, right now, both, you know, right now they have, again, no idea in terms of where these bodies are being put. Uh, what were your thoughts? Shut up. We go to Marimo and the Western District. So Mar- Marimo is giving out strategy in regards to these raids that are going, coming up on uh, in terms of raiding raiding corners for uh, against Marlow Stansfield. Uh, Perman and Dan's, of course, are against it. And um, even with uh, even when the officers had a question about had any questions, uh, Marimo, of course, didn't take any questions. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Shut up. So Kima and Landsman. Uh, Landsman tells Kima that she is she uh, that Norris is back on the case by Rawls's orders, and says that we're going to put it put it out there in the media that she that Norris was never off the case. So they already are playing the media spin. Landsman explains. Kima, of course, is frustrated by this as feel like she was used. Landsman says this is homicide. It's not the major crimes unit where people don't. <laughs> where people don't. Yeah, where people don't. <laughs> he said where people don't supervise you. He said up here they know our right. names, their faces. <laughs> they do. So they, they, do. Up here, they know our names and faces, and he says. Lansom basically says, look, I, I will, I'm going to carry the water. I didn't like the decision, but you know what? I do what I told, and that's why I'm still standing. It will still be standing. So everything you need to know about Lansman, you could have found out in this one scene without even watching the show up until this point. He lets you, he lets you know about, he lets you know about everything about, uh, about how he moves, how he thinks, what he does. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, the Landsman character, so I agree with everything you said. So the Landsman character um, is uh, is interesting in that respect um, because uh, he's also one of the very few characters on this show who doesn't want to move anywhere, who's not trying to move to a higher position and use da-da-da. He is quite comfortable being in middle man- management right. and loving it. Um, just enough responsibility, not too much. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so we go to Randy and Duquan. Uh, Randy uh, confesses to Duquan about what about his role in Lex's death. Then Duquan says that he's then Duquan. You know, it was uh, a confessional scene. Duquan says that he saw Chris walk a victim into a vacant. So you have these two characters confiding in each other uh, during this particular scene. Um, the, of course, keep your eyes on the Randy Lex aspect um, from that standpoint. Uh, what were your thoughts? Set up. So we go to uh, the news conference with Ross. Of course, Ross spins the entire spins the whole story about Norris being taken off the face. 
tells the media that that was that Norris was never taken off the case, um, despite the media saying, you know, the media said we had some sources that that confirmed that that said he was, and and, and you know, Raw says, well, I'm I'm in the police department. I say, and I say that 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 never was a that never was the case. So you know, Rawls is playing. You know, is is uh, doing exactly what, uh, seemingly what what Royce wanted him to do from that standpoint. Uh, of, uh, so Norris is back on the case, and one he tried attempts to spin it to where Norris was even I was that wasn't even a consideration that Norris was never off the case. Uh, what are your thoughts on this scene? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's. Ever, all this is setting up for down the road. It just hit me as I was listening to you talk. Um, it's just, it's just they are doing a great job. Um, the show, I mean, of just kind of like showing us how this whole thing, how this whole thing works from their point of view, right? Like, how does a mayor who was not, how does someone who's not supposed to be mayor actually get there? What are all the moves they need to make in order to make it happen? And so. That's uh, it just dawned on me. So this is set up. It's all big setup, but um, they're also the setup is showing you how this action, how it goes down, giving you like a little bit of a picture of it. We go to Royce and Delicate Watkins, uh, a drunk Royce, by the way. Um, so Royce uh, has had a long day. Is at the is seemingly was in the evening. And Watkins is just sitting there listening to him complain about firing uh, Burrell. And Watkins says, hold on, you did tell him to slow the case down. And Watkins starts calling out Royce for basically playing both sides with Marta Daniels and also uh, the uh, candidate that she's running against, uh, Unetta Perkins, and calls him out also for, you know, being in bed with all the land developers and real estate people. And decides gets to a point to where he said, "Well, he says he says Clarence, you lost your base." So he decides to he's, he's decided that he's going to sit out the primary, and then immediately you see Lieutenant Hoskins, Lieutenant Hoskins, who, who used to work with uh, with Herc on that uh, on the mayor's detail, he immediately he immediately snitches to uh, Rawls about walking breaking with uh, Royce. Uh, a lot going on in this scene. Uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, there is a lot going on, but again, it's set up. We know where it's going, and they're setting up. The reason that there's a lot is they're just they're taking their time to show you how all this goes down. But you named everything that happened. So we go to Herc, those, those are men, and sitting there, they set up a camera outside of. Uh, no, no, let me hold on. Let me slow down because I went, I went, I went ahead. So we go to the Western. So the Western District and the MCU Major Crimes Unit, they have failed raids on Marlowe's uh, corners. Of course, and we knew this was we knew this was going to happen. They, and I think they, of course, they intentionally did this. They, the cops were on the wrong corners. They up here breaking into old folks, old folks' places. <laughs> uh, grandpa and grandpa and grandma looking like you know, like what's this basically, and uh. Marimo, of course, was uh, completely out of his element. Um, he says that we had this as a stash house. He says, well, he said, no, he says they were tipped off. And then Herc kind of mocks him and says, yeah, you think? And he says, well, we had this as a stash house. He says, well, and Herc says, well, we, well, you know, they moved the stash houses. 
And then Mammouth, out of just pure frustration, says, Marlo Stansfield thinks he's smarter than us, but he's not. Uh, Well, he actually is a lot smarter. Um, So we just see the incompetence of Marimo as a leader and how poor leadership can can look uh, amongst cops. And you have cops on the wrong corners and and harassing old people and like yeah it was it was a comedy of errors in regards to uh these raids uh what were your thoughts so here's what the show is trying to say um the show is trying to say that i mean they said this many times right the wrong people get promoted yeah right and when the wrong people get promoted x y and z happens this is not about incompetence i i i i hear that and I wish it was, but this is actually more insidious than incompetence. Because remember, he was placed there to tear the detail down. Right. So he's actually um, going about his orders. Now, I will agree with you. The character thinks he has the right idea how to go after Marlon Stanfield. But he's just very, very much middle management, if not lower. The reason why Rawls puts him there is because he knows what he's going to do, and he knows he's not going to make any progress. Right. That's the whole point of putting him there. Like, we cannot forget that with this guy because it's an important point. This actually is the thread of everything, real. So I'm going to keep coming back on this one because this is a hallmark of the show. Um, he is supposed to be in a position, this guy I'm talking about, and then by extension, Rawls. Rawls is actually the most important one. We're supposed to be looking out for the public safety. None of this has anything to do with public safety. That's the point. That's the point. Yeah. Yeah, he, um, yeah, and to continue on that, he, uh, we go to the, uh, the MCU uh, major crime unit. We go to Herc Dozerman's signal. So at the all right. So at the end of the scene, when the raids are failed, he goes to Herc as his uh, consigliere, so to speak, to say what 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 should we do next? Now, uh, this also shows where the MCU is at right now. When Herc is being advised, when you when you're going to Herc for advice. On how to uh, move, on, how, on, on what next move to make. So Herc, Herc comes up with this uh, grand, this grand idea of setting up a camera uh, in Marlowe's spot at night. It goes along with Dozeman and Signer. They set up a camera, and of course, Marlowe's people uh, seize this uh, as soon as they pull off in the van. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Shut up. So we go to Naaman and Weebay. Uh, Naaman, Weebay, and uh, Naaman's mother, uh, Delanda, they go visit uh, Weebay in jail. She's, of course, frustrated by uh, Naaman's uh, suspension. Um, she says, you know, tells him, says that you know, she's going to, uh, she, she leaves to go use the bathroom so that they can talk, so Naaman and Weebay can talk. So you have Naaman uh yeah Weebay advising Naaman to kind of slow it down and then Weebay you know basically throws it back at him saying you know you dropped out as you dropped out in sixth grade to go uh make money for Avon and Stringer back in the day 
Weave says, you know, you're right, can't throw stones, but maybe you should slow it down a bit. You know how your mom gets. And then um, Naaman tells uh, Weave about about Marlo punking uh, Bodie, taking over his corner. He, of course, you know, puts up the front that, you know, what he would have done, you know, what he would have done, you know, he would have got a gun and went, you know, went to the mattresses basically. And we may compliments him saying that you all heart, you all, you all heart, you got it where it counts. And we may says what would have happened to Marlo back in the day that he had a Marlo came along during their time, what would have happened to Marlo? He said, and basically tells Naaman, hey, the game out here is different. It's not about codes, not about family. Um, things have changed. Um, so that uh, so you had this interaction between Naaman and uh, Weebay. Uh, what were your thoughts? Set up. Good scene, but set up. That was a great scene, uh, for sure. Um, Chris and Andre. So um, Chris, uh, they go through. So Chris uh, shoots delivery lady in Andre's store. Uh, then he hits Andre. Then he, 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 pistol, he basically pistol whips Andre, hits him in the head with the butt of his gun. So Andre's bleeding. He says, it's, it "Gives Omar, gives Andre the instructions to say Omar." Uh, so second straight episode, we see Chris. Just without hesitation, murder a basically basically a civilian. Uh, without not basically, not basically, no, basically, no, murders a civilian without hesitation. Yeah, for the second episode. So, uh, Chris has no like, yeah, Chris, uh, whatever needs to get done in order to in order for the organization, in order for Marlo, in order to protect Marlo, he he's going to do it without you know without hesitation. Um, what are your thoughts on this scene? Yeah, that's nice, real. This doesn't have anything to do with protecting Marlo. Ain't nobody coming for Marlo. <laughs> uh, Marlo says it himself. Uh, they're trying to draw Omar out. Uh, right. That that's that's the thing, and that's that's when it goes back to like that scene that you were talking about with with Chris early in them them talking about it. They're they're putting they're like that's how you know like that's like that's his consigliere because. Um, they're putting together like the different plans, and so and that, that's essentially like what this, this scene is saying. It's saying two things: a, um, these are the real life consequences of all, like all of everything that is going, uh, all of this that is going on. People die. This is real. This happens. Um, and so that's one. And then the second thing is that um, that uh, uh, when Chris and Marlo get together, they're planning something um, not nice. So we see them go through go through with the plan, uh, kill the delivery lady, um, and we'll see how this plays out. Of course, um, Bulk and Freeman again throughout the course of this episode, Bulk and Freeman was just looking continuously looking for bodies. Uh, now they're looking through uh, not potholes, but uh, those um, what you call those uh, with construction people under underground. Uh, they were checking those now. So again, they're coming up. They're coming up short. Uh, Powells. Powells, yes. Uh, sewers. Sewers. Yes. In the sewer. Yes. In the sewer. Yeah. The sewers. So they were checking the sewers. Um, and again, coming up with nothing. 
uh, continuously coming up with nothing, and then you know, Bunk, uh, as you see, uh, Bunk and Freeman. Uh, again, not much, not much from this episode, but again, they just keep continuously coming up short uh, in terms of uh, finding finding where Marlo is hiding is uh, hiding these bodies. Uh, what were your thoughts? Shout out. Uh, we see Herc and Signer in the surveillance truck watching Marlo speak. Um, uh, Herc recommends all we need is some lip readers to, uh, uh, and we and we got we and we got them. Um, so you have so Herc, so Herc, you know, thinks his plan. Obviously, Herc is going to think thinking that his plan is going to work. Uh, so, so you see them uh, looking at the cam- looking at the camera, um, looking at the cam, looking through the uh, looking to see looking to see uh, Marlo uh, speaking to a couple of people, and then um, what were your thoughts on this quick scene? Uh, so then we see Chris and Marlo. Uh, Marlo, Chris picks up Marlo. Uh, they discuss the cops setting up the camera, so Marlo Marlo knows that the camera. There doesn't know how doesn't know what he's gonna do about it as of yet, and then they go see uh, Prop Joe. Uh, what are your thoughts? Shut up. So we go to Randy, uh, Randy, and two other boys. So Randy, again, <laughs> not the not the greatest decision. Not good. Not, Randy's not making good decisions uh, throughout the course of the season. So. Yeah, this is a bad, this horrible decision. Real. This was, yeah, this horrible. was, this was, uh, no, this, I mean, both of them. I mean, the one, I mean, go, go back to the, the Lex, that, that decision. So, mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. gonna be, don't compare these. This is horrible. Just go, go through the scene, but be I'll careful. go through it. I'll go through it. So, yeah. he, uh, um, remember we're in 2021 as you're going through this scene. Yes. No, no. So, he paid, he, I'm just saying, remember we're in 2021. Yeah. So he goes. Randy goes. Randy. Uh, another student approaches Randy. Well, two students approaches Randy, offer to pay him, pay him, to watch, uh, to stand by as those two boys were going going to a bathroom with a young lady. And Randy stands lookout. Uh, and Randy, of course, Randy and Randy stands lookout. The boys say that you know we're not gonna be in there all day, and they go in. The two boys go in, go into the bathroom with with a young lady. Um, what what were your uh, what were your thoughts? Yeah, Randy's supposed to be a lookout. It's a horrible decision, and it's set up for something big. Yeah, that's it. I'm done. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Again, again, Randy gets himself caught up in something that you know. Easily could have walked away from. Um, you see Herc uh, working for Royce as campaign offices, um, trying to get voters. Uh, I thought the scene was kind of hilarious when he was on the phone. He was like, <laughs> he says, he says, Royce has to be the guy because why would a white man tell you to? He says, why would I, why would why would me being a white man tell you uh, to vote against another white man? So he said. So he says, Royce has, he says, he says, I'm telling you, Royce is the best candidate. So you see Royce, uh, not Royce, you see Herc, 
working campaign offices, trying to uh, again uh, earning earning that earning that promotion to sergeant. Nothing, nothing comes for free. Uh, what were your thoughts on this scene? Yeah, you named it. Uh, we see Randy. Uh, so we go back to Randy. He's continually looking. He's, he's still, you know, he's still looking out. And Colvin, and of course, uh, Colvin walks past. Colvin doesn't know. Colvin, of course, doesn't uh, doesn't know what's going on. Colvin's just walking down the hallway. And Randy basically says, "I have my hall pass." And Colvin's like, "You know, good for you." Um, so uh, we see that uh, again. Randy. Uh, so we see that uh, as Colvin walks past, the uh, two boys, uh, the two boys and the girls, uh, come out, uh, come out the bathroom. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, again, horrible choice. This is leading up to something big. Uh, Set up. Yeah, both Randy decisions in this season were like. Major, I mean, major plot, like plot, the plot points, both decisions. Um, we go to uh, Andre and uh, Crutchfield. So Andre, so Andre Crutchfield and, and, and Detective Holly. Uh, they uh, Andre identifies Omar for the killing of the delivery lady. Uh, and we're starting to get well. That that we'll see how that plays out. Uh, we go to Carcetti, Ross, and uh, Norman, and uh, the campaign manager. So Ross tells Carcetti and uh, and Norman Wilson about uh, Watkins breaking off the voice. <clears throat> of course, Ross got this from uh, you know from his uh, from Lieutenant Hopkins. Uh, they wait until Ross gets in the car, and then they head on out to go to uh, try to to uh, go to uh, try to talk to Watkins to go to Watkins. Uh, what are your thoughts on this scene? Yeah, uh, set up, but again, this is showing us how 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 this whole thing is going to come about. So we go to Prop Joe and Marlo meeting for the second time in as many weeks. Uh, initially, Marlo says, if, "Initially, Marlo says, if we're talking, if we're just talking, then you know I'm out." But Prop Joe, of course. Uh, tells him he knew about the uh, card game. Um, Marlo at you know asked why didn't why didn't he uh, bring it up you know bring it up to him or, or tip him off to it. And Marlo, of course, you know Marlo is not part of the co-op. And Pop Joe shows him some warrants. Shows some warrants for a drug kingpin. And Pop Joe basically says, "Hey, I might I, I might tip him off. I might not." But Charlie says, you know, this guy is not part of the co-op. Basically says, you know, how much do you think a man would pay for his freedom? Uh, so he, uh, so Marlo tells him about, tells him about the fact that they're taking pictures of, the, that somebody's taking pictures of him. Um, and that is kind of what seals the deal with uh, him, with Pop Joe getting Marlo to join the co-op, co-op. Marlo tells him, now you have some uh, reason to look into it. Uh, they shake hands, and now Marlo is a part of the co-op. Pop Joe gets what he wants, gets what he's wanted basically the entire season. Uh, what were your thoughts? Yeah, no, you named it. And, uh, you know, 
be careful what you get. Be careful what you wish for. Um, we go to Watkins and Carcetti. So Carcetti is trying to, of course, convince Watkins uh, to join him. Watkins said that he was one to sit out the primary, but not, you know, not publicly cross the mayor. And you hear Carcetti saying, "Hey, you know, after this, you know, after this is over, if I get elected, you know, I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need him. I'm, I'm gonna need you." And I appreciate your, you know, uh, appreciate your voice. Appreciate, you know, you're gonna have a voice in my, uh, in my administration because I'm, I'm, because I'm gonna need it. So Carcetti is rolling out the, you know, rolling out the full court press, so to speak, in terms of the recruitment of uh, Delegate Watkins. Uh, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I thought the most interesting part of that was like him saying, like, I will pick it up with anybody that you give me, that, that you like me to. And so, like, anyways, I mean, I think, like, with anything in life, this is timed at, at, search, at a certain time, right? Like, and so, like, just knowing all that we know about our election process right now, I, I'm just very in tune to, like, this part of the wire, um, probably more than I've ever been. Um, and so... Uh, yeah, I just paid attention to that a little bit, a little bit more. Um, that he says to Watkins, "Whoever you want me to put on the ticket will be on the ticket." Um, again, this is not how it should be done, but it is how it's done. And then we go to uh, Michael Duquan and Randy. Uh, Duquan shows them the dead body uh, that uh, shows them the dead body. Of course, the, a guy, uh, somebody that Chris has killed in a vacant. And they all realize that dead is dead. No zombies, no boogeymen, that, that dead is dead. And the show, uh, the episode wraps up with that. Uh, what was your thought on that particular scene? We end, we begin with the kids, and again, we end with the kids. Yeah. Yeah, well, well buttoned. That's it. Just a ribbon on it. And of course, uh, going back to themes, I had corner kids versus stoop kids that will play out certainly as throughout the course of the rest of the season and also again uh good advice and bad advice you see chris partlow give marlo some good advice you see herc give lieutenant marimo some bad advice <laughs> you see uh you know so we we saw so we saw the consigliaries in action uh, we see alliances. We see uh, alliances being made between with Royce and Ross. Also with uh, you know, Chris. You know Chris trying to you know Chris and Mar Chris and Marlo trying to uh, trying to get Michael and Prop Joe. The biggest alliance, of course. Prop Joe and Marlo. Prop Joe finally gets Marlo um, to join the co-op. So we certainly see how that uh, how that plays out. Uh, Who do you have for uh, MVP? I mean, I don't really have like the like the biggest MVP this this week, and so I'm just going to share the Chardine and the MVP award with um, with Naaman and um, and Weebay. That was an awesome scene. It that didn't mean cool. anything. It didn't do anything for furthering the plot. But in terms of just like 
you know, I, I will all day, every day be here for two black men just talking to each other, a black man and his son just talking, even though it was in the jail thing, what they were talking about was just like such real life stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that scene. So I'm, I'm spreading all the wealth to get MVP and to get Chardin. Uh, MVP, I had Norman uh, for his advice to Carcetti about uh, Norm? Nice. about how to deal with the Tony Gray situation in terms of that. That turned out to be uh, it's a great strategy. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was smart in terms of how to deal with the, uh, the, information, the information that they received about the Braddock case and how to play that card. Uh, so again, yeah, Nor- and Norman, that's another guy, another consigliere that gave great advice is uh, Norman, uh, the campaign manager. And uh, Charlene, I had Marlo and Chris for their uh, strategy in terms of uh, how to go about Omar. Um, we've seen, you know, again, we see how, we saw how it didn't work out for the bar sales in terms of going going about with Omar. So Chris says, you know what? Try We need to try something different. Uh, try something try something different. So, and Marlo, to his credit, what great leaders do is you listen to the people that you put in charge or that you trust uh, in, in regards to some in regards to important parts of your operation. Otherwise, why have them in, that, in those positions? Um, so I, I took that as the uh, Chardin scene. Uh, for the Chardin, yeah, for the Chardin scene. Uh, that's, gonna wrap, that's going to wrap it up for episode five of the Wire Remix uh, Alliances. Alliances uh, next week, of course. Next time we will have episode six, Margin of Error, which will be a big, a big episode, say the least, uh, as we you know get into this, get into this election, go deep into the election, into the primaries, uh, in terms of the show, and continue to develop and find out uh, about these kids as the stories are told, as the stories will be told throughout the course of uh, of this season. Uh, as always, thanks to. Rob Sapp for joining the program. All right. Appreciate you. Y'all stay safe. Got no question about it. Uh, as always, you can uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, www.youtube.youtube, uh, Real Deal Podcast. Uh, this episode will be up before, you know, later on tonight. Um, I will see you next time on this next on the next edition. I will see you next time on uh, later on this week. A podcast, and of course, I will see you next. We will be see you next time as we continue to discuss the Wire Remix Season Four. <laughs>